Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. Amen, amen. For all of those watching online tonight, we welcome you to the Anchor and pray that God blesses you. If you archive this later, we pray it blesses you again. The book of John chapter 3, John chapter 3, amen. Let's read a few portions of scripture here tonight. And I realize I pastor hardworking people, so I, I won't read too long. You, you, you're probably looking forward to being seated for a few moments, I imagine. And uh, John chapter 3, let's look at verse 3. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Everybody say born again. Verse 4, Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Verse 5, Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say unto thee, ye must be born again. Everybody say, ye must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth. Thou hearest the sound thereof, and canst not tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. Everybody that is born of the Spirit, he says, it's just going to be like this. The wind bloweth where it wants to. You hear the sound of it. You can't tell where it come from. You don't know where it went to, but you know it was there. Amen. I mean, no, there's an experience when you're born again. You're going to know it happened. You're going to know it took place. I have been changed. Amen. I'd like to simply preach to you tonight and teach to you on simply one word, and it's changed. How many are glad the Lord changed your life, changed your situation? Let's clap our hands and praise Him again before we are seated. Amen, amen, amen. You may be seated tonight. God bless you. My dad said many years ago, he said, I'll... I'll I, I, I can't remember my first birth. He said, but there's for certain I'll never forget my second birth. There is a born again experience that is undeniable. It's indescribable, but it's undeniable. This born again experience is so powerful that it's something you'll never forget. I remember when it happened to me, Brother Jonathan, it was February the 22nd, 1987, on a Sunday night, I was eight years old, and I remember the Leatherman leather little loafers I was wearing that night when I was dancing before the Lord. It was a real experience, and I can tell you, it changed my life. It changed my life. I want you to hear me this evening that there is more than than going to church than just joining a church because you like the people there. 
or this is where my family attends, or this is where grandma went. We are here at the Pentecostal church because we can say that old song, I went to church one night, my heart wasn't right, but something got a hold of me. Something got a hold of me. Something moved down on the inside and changed who I was. You are a sinner because you were born of your parents. You were born of your mother. Jesus is telling Nicodemus in this, in this uh, story that unfolds in John 3, Nicodemus is a ruler of the Jews. He's no doubt as a Pharisee, a study, a student of the word, which would have been the Old Testament. He's interested in Jesus because he knows beyond the shadow of a doubt, Jesus has performed many miracles. He tells him and he comes to him by night. Do you know why he goes to him by night? So nobody would see him. He's sneaking in. He's undercover. Uh, he Meet me down on the corner somewhere so nobody will see. He's, he doesn't want because he knows he will lose his position as a Pharisee ruler if somebody sees him. There's a verse in John 12 that says many others believed on him, but they would not confess him for fear of what others would do or say. Many believed, but they didn't want to confess the Lord because to confess him was to lose their job in the synagogue. He comes to him by night and he says, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man, everybody say, no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. What he is saying is, he is saying, I have watched you by the power of God change people's lives. Amen. Even one verse says that Jesus casted out devils by the finger of God. It's talking about the power of God, the hand of God. When you look what God can do in a person's life, I have seen people come in and I have seen blinded eyes open, legs grow, cancers disappear, tumors removed. I, I watched uh, Alexis Tejao, somewhere standing right here, had a growth in her throat, Brother Gene. And uh, she had a growth. And I, I'll never forget, Brother Wade was here preaching that night. Nobody touched her. She just reached up. It was a fast-growing growth in her neck. And she was going to have to have it surgically removed. But she reached up in the power of God. God touched her, and it immediately disappeared because God is able to change your situation. Come on, we are a people that believe. When he said, whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. Let me just put it this way. Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be changed. Amen. You'll be changed when you call on his name. When you say the name of Jesus, it changes the situation. It changes where you're at. Somebody say Jesus. And so he is describing the Lord. He is saying to him, what you do, no man can do. I've seen men, men have limitations. But when you pray, when you work miracles, we know that God is doing these things. 
There was in the history of the church a man that died right here. Mike Nelson died. Medical people in the church went over and there was, there was no heartbeat for some time. Ambulance was called. You know what the church did? They didn't just stand there and panic. They started calling on the name that changes things. Church started praying for him and somewhere after a period of time, he came back to life. What are you doing? He said, I'm gonna tell you, we've been praying for you because you were dead. God resurrected him in that church service because there's power in the name of Jesus. I come to tell you, Jesus is still working miracles. Jesus is still healing marriages. Jesus is still fixing situations. Brother Tony, pastors in Crooksville, and there's a lady, Sister Diane there, that we know if to, to be a member there, you would know her. She died at the church. She was unresponsive for 45 minutes. Church was praying. They loaded her up in the ambulance, rushing her by the time the ambulance got there, loaded her up, began to rush her to the hospital. It seemed like a lost cause, but the church was praying. The lady that was working the, the, um, uh, as a paramedic in the ambulance later called and said, her name is Ann, I mean Lynn, and uh, she, um, she called and she told the pastor, she said, out of nowhere, Diana raises up in the ambulance and comes back to life. She's still alive today because Jesus changes things. Jesus changes things. If I could convince you in this building right now to pray one more time, if I could get you for a moment to believe that at the mere mention of his name, atmospheres can change, health situations can change. You might be watching online, but if you call on the name of Jesus, he can change your situation right now. He can turn it around. Somebody shout, Jesus changes things. It's the power of prayer. I want to comfort somebody tonight to let you know that it's not the volume of your prayer that changes things. I realize the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man, a fervency, but sometimes we think it's how well we pray that brings a miracle. We actually think it's the length of prayer that brings a miracle. Could I say to you, it's the faith in your prayer. I have prayed prayers that didn't feel much when I was praying because of however I was feeling how many's ever prayed and you didn't feel much? Heaven still heard you. He didn't say when you say the name of Jesus and you feel a certain tingle. Oh no, you feel a certain way. He said, whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Another place shall be delivered. I'm preaching tonight, shall be changed. Somebody's got to get an understanding. I don't have to have, I don't have to have it all together to call in his name. But when I call in his name, I've just got to believe that what he did before, he can do it again. And he can do it again. Come on now. I feel like God's fixing something in this building right now. If you just call in his name, he can fix it. He can turn it around. Somebody jump to your feet, clap your hands and shout, Jesus, would you do that? Jesus, Jesus. Come on, shout Jesus. Hallelujah. 
they did. Amen. Somebody say Jesus. Jesus. Jesus got this reputation that he, he was a worker of miracles. I will agree with Nicodemus tonight when he said, for no man can do these miracles except God be with him. Praise God. When we send you into surgery, we believe God can heal you with the surgeon in the room. Come on, we're not against medicine. We're not against that. We give all healing, no matter how it comes to God. We give all glory. How many know it's true? We pray prayers like God, the, the surgeon's hand. Give them wisdom through this process. We do. We, we pray that way. We, we pray. We pray until it's fixed. We just keep praying. But I'm going to tell you something I feel tonight is there are situations in some people's lives that nobody wants to touch. But Jesus reached out and laid his hand on a leper. In my study the other day, I was reading one place he sent the leper. Sent 10 of them, said, go show yourself to a priest. Another place, he laid hands on the leper. You know why he laid hands on the leper? Because no man will lay hands on a leper. It's not allowed. Unclean, unclean, they would. Unclean, they would have a mark on their, even in their uh, face where they would be marked as uh, unclean. And they would go through unclean. The crowd would part. Men would leave when the leper came through. They had to live outside the city limits. But when Jesus came in, Jesus walked up to something that no man would touch. No man would deal with. Can I tell you, don't ever forget that when you were going through something that seems like nobody else would understand, just remember what no man will touch, no man can heal, he will touch and he can heal. God is with you. God is with you. God is with us right now. Somebody shout, God is in the building. Let me move forward to my message tonight. And then I really haven't come to preach about healing. I've come to tell you that Nicodemus recognized who he was. The art teacher, he called him rabbi. And he, he, he said to him, rabbi, and that is a high honor to be given, especially by a Pharisee. Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Jesus went right to the point. Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. He's talking about miracles. He's talking about, he's a teacher. Jesus immediately Goes right to the point. Except you're born again. Can I put it in my own words? There's no miracle like a born again experience. There's no miracle as great as a born again experience. And he looks at him and he responds. And you can tell he didn't really know what Jesus was talking about. You know, if you didn't know the scripture, you didn't raise in church and somebody looked at you and said, you need to be born again. You didn't have, you didn't have Bible lingo. You didn't have Pentecostal lingo. You'd do what Nicodemus did. You'd say, 
How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter into his mother's womb and be born? He was using logic. Born again, how? Hold on a minute. How am I going to get back in my mother's womb and she give birth to me? That's what he was saying. He was just using logic. He was thinking natural birth. Jesus wasn't thinking natural birth. Jesus was talking about spiritual birth. Because when you were born of your parents, you were born in the flesh. You were born with Adamic nature or the, the nature after Adam in the garden who fell in sin. You're born the sinful nature. And Jesus was saying, you, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. But he goes on to explain, but that which is born of the spirit, of the spirit, is spirit. As much as your mom, you know, you come out of the womb and, and mom and dad, they look down and they're trying to say, and somebody comes in, it's his first time to see the baby. They look at the baby and they look at the parents. You know how we do Oh, I think, I think it looks like you. You've got your nose, got your, your, your eyes shaped. They're trying to figure out who the baby looks like. More than, come on, you almost keep score. You got a tally mark somewhere. Am I right or wrong? You know how it is. Because they're trying to see which one looks most like. Truth of the matter is, they're going to have more than your features. They're going to get your personalities and your attributes and your attitudes. And your quirkiness. Am I right or wrong? Yeah, are y'all with me right now? They're going to pick up on some things. They, they, it's not just going to be what they watch. It's going to be in the DNA of things. They're going to get some things passed down to them. Traits. And, uh, and he was saying that which is born of the flesh is flesh. But that which is born of the spirit. You get his traits. You, you, you get something better. Come on. If you've, got, if you've got resemblances of your mother and father because of your natural birth, guess what? You're going to get the resemblance of the father because of your spiritual birth. That's what he's teaching. He is saying it's going to be a change nature. It's going to be a change behavior. It's going to be a change characteristic of who you are. And so he's teaching. He said, marvel not, but I say unto thee, ye must be born again. He makes this statement over and over that there's none good. No, not one. That's a, that's a prophecy from Isaiah. But if you look at it, but he's saying there's none good enough in the flesh. If we're ever going to obtain to a righteous individual, it's going to be the same power that caused blinded eyes to open, deaf ears to hear, dead to be raised, lepers to be cleansed. Is the same power that can cause a sinner man to become a righteous man, a sinner lady to become a holy lady. It is a change of who you really are. Oh, clap your hands and shout, I have been changed. Praise the name of the Lord. And I want to say to some people that's been in church for a few decades, you've been in church more than 10 years, wave your hands. Amen. Can I say to you tonight that if you're not careful, you'll get used to it. You'll get used to it. And some new person come in. They come into the church and 
They are born again and they, they, they go home and they don't have desires like they did yesterday. They, they go out and they, they toss out stuff they were addicted to and they go to say something. They say, oh, excuse me, you know, I'm not talking like that anymore. Somebody calls them and says, hey, you want to meet up? No, I don't go there anymore. Friends are mocking them and saying, what, what's wrong? You think you're better? No, I don't think I'm better than you. I'm just better. I'm just better than I was. I don't, Paul said the things I used to love, I now hate. And the things I used to hate, I now love. I, God's changed me. I, and, and somebody does something to you and you don't fight. And your spouse looks at you like, who are you? Changed. Different now. What's happened? I've got a different, Jesus made the statement, you know, in the scripture we talk about, excuse me, the, 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 Paul, I believe it was, he said, we have put on the nature of Christ. We have put on the mind of Christ. What's he talking about? Is that we are now changed. Let's, let's look at Romans chapter six. Let's do a quick study here in Romans. How many know he changed us? Praise the name of the Lord. I'm so glad I'm changed. And, and he writes in Romans chapter 6. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? People don't understand grace. They, people use grace as sort of a, like a get out of jail free card. It's, uh, you know, I can just keep doing wrong because grace. No, 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 that's not what it means. He said, shall I continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. He said, how shall we that are dead to sin? I died out to that nature. You can walk up to a dead person. You could, you could, you could say offensive things to them and they don't respond. You could get out. I've been preaching and they put alcohol bottles in there. I've seen them putting marijuana in the casket. I ain't never seen one dead man reach up and say, thank you. Not one time. Not phased by it. You know what? Dead to it. He said, how, how is it? Shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? He said, know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? I'm not talking about putting a band-aid on your situation. I'm talking about changed. Get in that altar and dig it out until I'm changed. I'm talking about repentance. I'm talking about seeking the Lord while he may be found. All this struggle all the time. I, I, it concerns me that we want God to fix the situation, but we don't want him to change us. I'm talking about being changed tonight. That it doesn't tempt you the way it used to. You don't respond the way you used to. Why? He said, therefore we are buried. Are y'all with me right now? Therefore we are buried with him by baptism. In the death that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. 
I believe something happens in repentance. Everybody say repent. John the Baptist, he got up, prepared the way of the Lord. His doctrine was, his message was, repent. Let me put it in our terms. Turn from your sinful ways. They'd come, want to be baptized? Because he, he, he would baptize them unto repentance. I'll put it this way. He would baptize them unto their, that, that repentance. Repentance, everybody take hold of repentance. I want you to grab it like this. Because we talk about the gift of the Holy Ghost in the Pentecostal movement. But we don't talk about the gift of repentance. The Bible says he granted them repentance. Another verse says he gave them repentance. You can, you can put your hands down. There's another verse that says godly sorrow worketh repentance. Not sorrow, not guilt. But there's a moment that God deals with a man or a woman about their life and they say, I'm wrong for what I'm doing. I'm wrong for how I'm living. And they feel bad about it. I don't want to say they feel guilty, but they feel bad about it. They feel, let me put it this way, sorrowful, regretful. Wish I'd have never done that. Wish I'd have never picked up that habit. Wish I'd have never started that path. Are y'all getting what I'm saying? Godly sorrow. Oh, you feel unholy. You feel dirty. You feel sinful. The thought, the desire is... You feel unclean. It's sorrowful because of what you've done. How many relate with that? And God grants repentance through preaching that somebody, you get baptized and you hadn't repented, you got wet. It didn't do you any good. The thing that activates baptism is repentance. You can't bury a man while he's alive. He'll fight you. But when he's dead, he's laid it all down. And John would do this. John would, and let's, let's turn and read it because I, I, don't, I want you to see it. In Matthew chapter 3, there is such a witness of the Spirit in this building. Do y'all feel that? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The book of Matthew chapter 3. Are you there? Look at verse, verse 1. It says, In those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he that was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord make his path straight. And the same John had his raiment of camel's hair and describes who he was. But if you'll look on down, verse 6, it says, and were baptized of him in Jordan. Doing what? I'm a sinner. Boy, they confess the sins to the preacher. I've done this. I've done this. They were confessing their sins. I believe confessing them things toward God. Lord, if I've done anything wrong, I don't know of anything I've done wrong, but if I've done anything wrong, I think we can pray that prayer as a saved person, but truth of the matter is, 
You, it's hard to ask forgiveness of something you don't know you haven't done. Are y'all getting this teaching tonight? And he says, he, and they began to confess. They knew what they were sorrowful for. And, and watch what happens. And, and confessing this is, and um, uh, verse eight, he would tell them, bring forth therefore fruits, meat for repentance. You know what he was saying? Prove to me you've truly repented. Then I'll baptize you. Show me fruit of your repentance. Bring some fruit, meat for repentance. Oh, we don't. John Baptist is a little different. There's some people make you wait six months to get baptized. We don't do that. But I, I do think there's been times people got baptized too soon. Because they got baptized because they didn't want to go to hell. They got baptized because they wanted to be saved. But I don't think they understood repentance in the measure in which they should have understood repentance. And uh, I, I'm moved by this because genuine repentance is you go back and you go back to your house and to your life and you come back and say, I know I'm changed. I have seen people at repentance go back and have no desire to drink after that. At, at repentance. Because they died out to repentance. There is a place where you can bend your knee. One of the things I appreciate about my dad, and I appreciate so much about my mom and dad, but one of the things is, is you know, when you, when you hear about a service, you'll hear how many people got healed You'll hear how many people got the Holy Ghost. You'll hear how many people got baptized. But you don't hear very often somebody say, we had five people to repent at church tonight. But I'm telling you, it's what's needed. Is to find a place in an altar and we get before God and say, Lord, I'm sorry. Paul said, I die daily. He would revisit the altar and make sure that old flesh is dead. He, he made this statement. He said, I, I fight not as one that beats the air. He, he went on and said, I, I, don't, I just don't run a race. He said, I keep my body under subjection. What was he saying? I don't want to ever become what I used to be. I don't want to ever get back. How many know you can be like a dog returning to his vomit, the scripture says, and you can go back. But how many know there is a change that happens? You have an awareness at the moment that says, I'm different now. I, I don't want to live that life. I don't want to go back to where I was. I, I don't want to do what I used to do. Aren't you glad he can change you? Woo! I'm telling you, the same miracle working God that, that did the miracles that Nicodemus referenced and the same God that's gonna change us from corruptible to incorruptible in a moment in the twinkling of an eye is the same God that can take your sinner heart and turn it to a righteous heart. You're in holy ways and turn you to holy ways. Come on, clap your hands and shout hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. He would say, bring forth therefore fruits meet for repentance. And then when they would get baptized, he would say, I indeed baptize you with water under repentance. But he that's coming after me is mightier than I, 
whose shoes I'm not worthy to bear, he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. He was even saying that there's more to this than repentance and baptism. There's a Holy Ghost and fire. He said, it'll burn out the chaff. It'll burn out things that was in you. It'll burn out old mindsets and things. When the fire of God comes, it'll burn out. It will absolutely change your life. Come on, it doesn't matter how many years grandma and grandpa were gamblers. Daddy was an alcoholic. They were abuser in your past. You could come out of that with that stigma on you, but when you get changed, it changes all of that from you. It removes it from who you really are. Somebody shout hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. Can I have a few more minutes here tonight? Everybody shout, I have been changed. I watched Brother LaFrance here. I don't see the Iscardos here tonight. Is Brother Iscardo, Sister Iscardo? I don't see them here. And um, uh, I'll never forget in his older age, he, 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 had, he had some mental illness. Um, and uh, uh, for the sake of the family, I won't mention it, but, uh, but also in his later life had dementia. He, 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 he was very unemotional, disconnected, and wasn't where he needed to be with the Lord. And I, I remember the Spirit of the Lord moved upon this church one night. He was standing, I believe it was here or here, been many years ago. And I was praying with him. I watched him wake up. I had talked to him many times. And there was just, you ever talk to somebody and they have a glazed look in their eye? Yeah, I'm, I'm not being critical. I'm just... He had some other mental health issues as well. But I was praying with him. And I watched God wake him up and give him repentance. He sure did. It became perfectly normal. And repented and tears flowed down his face. And God filled him with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I'm not talking about joining a church and signing the membership book. We don't have one, by the way. I'm not talking about, well, you, if you get baptized and you join the, join the congregation, be a member. That's not what we do around here. What we believe is that when the gospel is preached, and as in Acts chapter 2, they were pricked in their heart, the word went beyond something and was a discerner of the thought and intent of your heart that got all the way down to the area of your life that no man knew. And God pricked it and you say, I love everybody in the building how the preacher preached to me. How did he know what I was going? Then you get an understanding the preacher doesn't even know me. God knows where I'm at. And at that moment you say, God, I don't want to be a sinner. I don't want to live this life. And you bend your knee at an altar, whether you're at your seat, at your house, at, somewhere here. And you say, God, I'm asking you to forgive me my sins. I'm asking you, God, I don't want to live that way no more. You know what? There's a psalmist that said, I called to him for my distress and he heard me. Jonah said in this moment, from the belly of hell cried I, and he heard me. I come to tell you, you're not too far away from God to repent. He will get a hold of your life, and he can change who you are. Oh, clap your hands and shout, he changed me. Amen, amen. 
in, in, in the book of John chapter one, I'll close in just a moment, but I feel this here this evening. Don't, don't ever deny the power of a born again experience. Watch what it says in um, John chapter one. And it goes in and it says, verse 11, speaking of Jesus, he came into his own and his own received him not. Do you see that? Talking about being a Jew. But, but as many as received him, to them gave he power. That's amazing to me. To them gave he power. You got it? To become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born, not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. John writes, this is John the beloved, not John the Baptist, but John beloved writes that he came to his own and they didn't receive him, but as many as received him, to them gave him power to become the sons of God, not born of man, will of the man, nor the will of the flesh, but a born again experience of God. And that's when you become the sons of God. Paul on the road down to Damascus and a light shines out and knocks him off of his horse. And the Lord speaks to him and said, why do you persecute me? You're doing wrong. Look at your neighbor and say, you're doing wrong. That's the type of preaching we need, amen. Come on, y'all get a lot of you're doing right preaching too. But when you're doing wrong, you don't need somebody telling you you're doing right. And the Lord spoke and said, why persecutest thou me? And a light shined out of heaven. A voice spoke to him. And the voice said to him, and it was Jesus himself, wouldn't tell him how to be saved. He sent him to a preacher. How can you hear without a preacher? Romans 10. And how can he preach except he be sent? Angel won't even tell you how to be saved. He will always send a preacher because you can't have repentance without the gospel. And the gospel can't be heard without a preacher. We've got to have preachers that preach the gospel because that's where it changes lives. Let's all jump to our feet. Let's clap our hands and thank God for his word. We've got to have preachers. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. Amen, amen. And the preacher preaches what? The gospel. And he remains standing and, and here he is. Paul is on the road now to go see Ananias. And when he gets there, God spoke to Ananias and said, Saul is coming. Saul is coming. He kills preachers. Oh no, he's coming. He's ready to be changed. I want you to go to him. And he meets with him. Are you ready? And he prays with him. And he gives him the gospel. When he lays hands on him, Paul said, Saul, at the moment, 
He says the scales lifted from his eyes. He never saw things the same. God changed his perspective. And he said, why tarriest thou? Arise and be baptized and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. You know why? Because Saul had died out. Even though he was a religious man, he didn't have it right. Because no matter how religious you are, you've got to find repentance and baptism. That's why Jesus was baptized. To fulfill all righteousness. Because in the New Testament church, it was required and commanded to be baptized. And he said, Why, Terrence, thou rise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. And, and Saul was baptized. You know why? Because he had repented. His eyes, scales had been lifted. God filled him with the Spirit. What I'm preaching to you is that greater than a physical miracle is for God to change the nature of a person. If he can remove a tumor, that's what Nicodemus was saying. No man can do these miracles. But Jesus, but ye must be born again. And he talked about the wind, the power of the wind. The wind blows where it wants to. He told Moses, he said, I'll be gracious to who I'll be gracious and merciful to who I'll be merciful to. The wind blows where it wants to. Ooh, there's something happening right now in this room. If you can't feel God, I'd be scared. And I'd appreciate it every time you can feel him because the wind blows where he wants to. And if the wind is blowing over your life, you've got to respond because the wind isn't good enough. You've got to respond to the wind or you'll never change. I could preach all day and it won't do you any good. Well, pastor, but faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. I know it does. But if you don't respond to the word, if you don't repent, it's not going to do you any good. Oh, but pastor, oh, but pastor, I, I, I feel God. What are you going to do about it? That was a great message. What did you do with it? James said, show me your faith without your works and I'll show you my faith by my works. Let me put it this way, by my response to the word. The word always causes a response. Amen. I, I started reading Romans and, and uh, I'm moved by this because the wind blows where he wants to. I can preach to everybody. You know, I can preach and some people feel it and some people don't because the wind blows where he wants to. Don't know where it came from. Don't know where it went to, but I know it came on me. Probably one of the scariest things you ever hear is I don't feel it anymore when you preach. I've had a few people tell me that over the years. I don't feel it anymore. You know what? I don't want, I don't want it blowing my way and bypass me. 
because I won't respond. Come on, will you respond to the wind blows your way? Sister Millie, I'm so glad the wind blew your way. What I didn't know is the wind was already blowing your way when the Lord just nudged me to come to your house on a Sunday afternoon. You woke up that morning and you, you knew today salvation has come to my house. She, and, and she's in the Holy Ghost right now. What you're saying is in the Holy Ghost. That morning, Jesus visited her when she woke up. She was going to call Tammy and say, Tammy, I want you, I'm going to go to church with you tonight. And Buster and I stopped by her house that day because today, salvation has come to your house. Wind's blown tonight. I have preached what I felt led of the Lord to preach. Cindy, God called us here to pastor, but we can't save them. Sister Annie, you're an intercessor, but you can't save them. You can pray the wind. God, send the wind and send the response. Probably in Acts 2, and I'm not going to get to Romans 6. I was hoping to because it's powerful. I read a little bit of it. I didn't finish it. Maybe we will another night. But look at, look at Acts chapter 2. Are you ready? Look what it says. Let's do this. Just remain standing. You're okay. Acts 2 and verse 36. Let's read a few verses. Brother John, it's powerful to have the wind blow in your house. It's powerful. Out of everybody in the crowd, he looks up at Zacchaeus and said, today I'm going to your house because the wind blows where it wants to. It blows where it wants to. I'm going to tell you a scary thing is to want the wind to blow in your direction and it won't because you missed it when it came. i tell you what I'd do. I'd say, God, send that to me again. I don't know how I'm here again. I'm going to tell you, God opens a window of opportunity to the just and the unjust. He does. Doesn't matter how long you've been in church, you've got to do it again. How many's ever had to repent again? I'm planning on preaching on Sunday. Let's do it again. Let's, something would change. Sometimes we've got to revisit that place. You don't believe that? Ask Abraham. He went back to Bethel. But look what it says. Now look at your neighbor and say, we need to re revisit this again. Hallelujah. Sister Twyla, I remember when you repented. It was Easter, wasn't it? And I remember you came up to my office to see me and said, I was going to change. Got a new life class. Well, I watched God change you. That was... 17, 16 years ago. Wow, my goodness. Look what the Lord has done. Sister Ross, you remember what the Lord... God interrupted the service. I didn't even get to preach that night. How can you be saved if I didn't preach? 
Because when the wind blows, it doesn't matter who's preaching. Because she already had enough word in her that she just needed to respond to. You know what I mean? Backslider said, I was waiting on to quit preaching so I can get to the altar. I tell you what, I believe we're going to see some people interrupt the preaching and run to this altar. And we're going to be okay with it. Come on, this is not about finishing a, a prepared, pre performed sermon. Come on. How many know it's more than a sermon? They got to respond. We got to let them respond to the word. Brother Jonathan, here's the answer you're texting me the other day. I want you to pray the wind's going to blow. I want you to pray the wind's going to blow. Come on, I'm going to pray that God blow. Brother Gary, lift your hands. I feel the touch of God on you right now. Come on, God's doing something in this room right now. He's doing something right now. The wind is blowing. The Spirit of God is moving. He's not touching you by accident. He's not blowing over your life by accident. He's bringing you... He's bringing you salvation. He's bringing you an opportunity. I'm going to close with this and let you go. You ready? Look what it says. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know it surely. This is Simon Peter preaching on the day of Pentecost. That God hath made that same Jesus whom you've crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now when they heard this, when they heard the gospel, if you feel the pricking, that's the wind blowing in your direction. They were pricked in their heart and said to Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, <laughs> what shall we do? That's how I believe it was received. How many believe that? I believe there's emotions involved. It pricked the spot. It hit the spot. You know, Jesus never misses. Seeing means to miss the mark, but the word never misses the mark. He, hit, he, hits, he hits the bullseye every time. The gospel never misses. You could have 500 people in the room and the gospel hits everybody where the wind blows at the right exact spot. Everybody a little different. But the wind hits the right spot. What shall we do? Because true repentance will always ask the question, what do I need to do? That's true repentance. Tell me what I need to do. True repentance wants to be told what to do. Tell me what I need to do. I'll do whatever. And he says, watch, he responds. Then Peter said to them, repent. Turn. Your sin. That's what that meant. Everybody knew it when they heard that term. And be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift 
of the Holy Ghost. Praise God. Everybody say, look what it says in the next verse. It's amazing. Watch what it does. For the promise. It's a promise. It's a promise. I get excited about it. Because Titus said it's impossible for God to lie. It's a promise. For the promise is unto you. And to your children and to all that are far off, even as men as the Lord our God shall call. Verse 40. And with many other words did he testify and exhort saying. Are you ready? Yeah, save yourself. I can preach the gospel. I can tell you what you need to do. But you've got to save yourself. You want to be changed? Obey the word. 1 Peter 1, 22. Being born again, not a corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. For all flesh is the grass, and all the glory of man is at the flower of the grass. The grass withereth and the flower of the falleth away. But the word of the Lord endureth forever. Hallelujah. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. The gospel causes you to be born again when you obey it. And if you obey it, he will change the way you think, the way you feel, the way you act. I'm telling you, you will not be the same when you obey the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's power in obedience. Here's the question. I think every gospel message should be followed by this. Are you ready? Can you feel the wind blow? Can you feel it? Is the wind blowing your direction? Because if it is, salvation has come to your house today. I wonder who in this room is going to obey the gospel. I wonder who in this room is going to respond to the word. I wish somebody would just start reaching out right now all over the building and say, God, I have heard your word. I have heard your word. Hallelujah, Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, God. Somebody reach out and begin to love him. There is healing power in this room, but there's also saving power in this room. He's going to change your life. Old things passed away. All things made new. Come on. You've got the traits of your mother. You've got the traits of your father. But when you're born in the Spirit, you get the traits of the Father. I wish somebody would step out of your seat and run to this altar and say, I want to never lose the traits of God. Come on, I'm going to pray until I'm renewed. He said, be renewed in the Holy Ghost. Be renewed in it. Not just born again once, but I get a renewing of that born again experience. There's a refreshing, there's a reconnection.
He can heal cancer. He can change your heart. He can change your attitude. He can change your cravings. He can change your passions. He can change your mind. Born again. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.